what is common is not necessarily normal. I got a message the other day from somebody who said that she thinks she's had Hashimoto's for a very long time, but she thought her exhaustion, her utter tiredness was just normal. It's normal for moms of little kids, moms of many kids, moms of babies, just to feel exhausted all the time. It's normalized in our society, in our media, in our social media. It is normalized to feel exhausted all the time. I mean, you just look up like a hashtag tired mom. You're going to find so many things because moms are tired. But is that normal? It's common, yes, but it's not normal. And the problem when we feel that common things are as they should be, then we don't seek healing and we don't try to figure out what's going on and why am I so tired? We're like, ah, I guess I'm just supposed to feel this way. And once the kids get older, then I won't feel so tired anymore. But then you talk to moms of like middle school age kids and they're exhausted. You're like, oh, well, I guess I have to wait till my kids are older. And then you talk to moms of high school age kids and they're talking about how they're going everywhere. They're always on the go and they are exhausted. So you're like, well, um, okay, maybe I need to wait until my kids are out of the house and then I won't be exhausted. Oh my goodness, that was just like more than 18 years of your life, just waiting to feel better. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. And yet that's what we do. And we don't realize we're doing it. We're just, you know, constantly looking forward to that next milestone. But really, that's what's happening is because being tired is so normalized in our society that we just put it on the back burner. We just feel like we have to live with it. And I don't want you to live with it. So that's what we're going to talk about today on the Health with Hashimoto's podcast. This podcast is your go-to resource for simple, sustainable strategies to regain your energy and create lasting wellness. Have you left a five-star review yet? And if not, would you be willing to do that or share this podcast, either one episode or the podcast in general, with a friend? Most people find new podcasts via word of mouth and then, you know, the bumps in the algorithm so that Apple or Spotify or whatnot will push it out. But only like 12 to 14% of new listeners come from social media. So I super appreciate everybody who, you know, tags me in a story or posts on social. That's awesome. Um, but your ratings and reviews and personally sharing it with friends, that helps this podcast grow even more. And of course, that is the goal because we don't want our friends, we don't want our family, we don't want others in our circles to feel so exhausted all the time. We want them to know that there's hope and there is healing and there are things you can do right now. One of those things, I am looking for help from you. I would love to schedule about five to 10 interviews with you, my listeners. Um, I am working on a program for you and I am so excited about this course. I have it outlined. I have, it's going to be amazing for you. Um, it's going to be, you know, what do you do when you have Hashimoto's? How can you help yourself? You know, how are you the CEO of your own health? What can you do? How can you feel better? And I'm going to take you through this course. It'll be four weeks. And by the end of it, you will have a solid understanding of what you need to do. And you will be already implementing and feeling better. 
Now, there's a lot of courses out there and they promise like results at, by the end of the course. And I can't promise results because it took you, you know, a decade or more to get to this point. And we're not going to reverse all of that in four weeks. We are going to make significant gains, but I can't get you back to your baseline in four weeks, but I can get you started. So one thing I want to do before I launch this course is talk to some of you who are listening right now and find out, you know, what is your biggest struggle? What do you need to have answered in that course? I have talked to uh, some people and of course I've talked to my clients, uh, those who have hired me for a Hashimoto's health session. And so I have a really good grasp of where we're going, but I want to make sure that I am you know, specifically meeting the needs that you have. I am also, this is like a sneak peek right here. I am also going to open up the first time with a founder's launch and I am not opening it up today. I am going to actually uh, go up and be a camp nurse <laughs> this next week. So I'm not going to be at my computer next week, um, but pretty soon I will be opening for a founder's launch for the course. And what does a founder's launch mean? That means that I will have the course outlined. I will have the first part all ready for you. And then you go through the first part and you give feedback to me. And we have uh, Zoom meetings, or you can leave me voice messages. Uh, you can text me. I have different ways that you can give feedback so that the as each um, module drips out, that it is customized for you. And that will make it even better. So I'm not going to put something out into the world that's like, it doesn't help you. That would be silly. That would be a waste of my time. It would be a waste of your time. It would be a waste of your money. So this founder's launch, I'm super excited about it. I didn't realize that people did that. And it was like, I don't know, a week or two ago that somebody mentioned it. I'm like, oh my goodness, that is what I want. I want to have real-time feedback to make sure that I am serving you the best possible way. So if you are somebody who is an action taker, you love to give feedback, you are going to implement as soon as you learn and um, help make this course phenomenal for others who go through it, watch your emails so that you can get in on the founder's launch. It will be coming in early August, so make sure you're watching your email. If you're not on my email list yet, it's easy to get on. Just head down to the show notes and download the Hashimoto's 101 guide. That will automatically put you on my email list, and it will give you a great resource so you can figure out, you know, what's going on with your health. What can you do next? What can you do first? Are you already doing the important things? So grab that health with Hashimoto or the Hashimoto's 101 guide now, and then watch your email for that founder's launch. So back to normal or common not being normal. Uh, there was one time I was in the emergency department. I was working triage. It's my favorite place to be in the ER. It really was. Uh, the triage nurse is the one that greets you after administration, after you get your bracelet. It's the triage nurse that decides how quickly you need to go back. And here's a side note. If you're in the emergency department and somebody gets rushed to the back, do not feel jealous. You don't want to be rushed to the back. I know you want to save time, but if you are rushed to the back, that means that the triage nurse believes that your life or limb is immediately in danger. 
So you can say a prayer for those people who are rushed back, um, but don't feel jealous. So anyway, at triage, you're figuring out, you know, who needs to go back and you're putting people in order and um, making critical decisions all the time. And also talking to people and getting their story, putting it in the computer. And I had this one family because yeah, we would have our regulars come in even in a big city. Uh, So this one family would come in and the kids would have ear infections. And there were a couple little kids. They were like preschool to very early elementary. And the dad would answer my questions. I don't ever remember seeing the mom. It might have just been the dad who brought them in. And I had always, being an educator is just part of who I am. If you're in the emergency department for something that was preventable, I want you to know about that because I want you to be able to prevent it next time. Now, in Western medicine, when you go back to the see the doctors, I love the doctors I worked with, but usually they're going to talk to you about what's next, managing the symptoms and managing the bacteria or whatever, giving you some medications. I want to talk to you also about the next time, preventing the next time. So this dad would come in with his kids with ear infections and and it was more than once. And he always smelled like smoke. And anytime somebody comes into the emergency department and talks to me about ear infections, I always ask if the parents smoke. Why? Because secondhand smoke causes ear infections. It does. And that's not very nice to say. In our culture, we don't want anybody to feel like they are at fault. But if you are smoking and you're smoking around your kids, you are at fault when they get that ear infection. Well, yep, they could have gotten the ear infection without you smoking, but secondhand smoke causes ear infections. So I would always mention it, not in a guilt way, but in a way like, hey, did you know that smoking can cause ear infections? And we had this conversation when he brought the kids in several different times. And then one time, it is my favorite memory in probably all of my 17 years of emergency room nursing. He said, hey, you're that nurse. I just wanted to let you know I stopped smoking. I was so proud of him. Oh my goodness. He took the information that I gave him. And maybe that was the one thing he needed to make the change. We all know that smoking is not good for our health. But when you're bringing your kid into the emergency room and your child is in pain and they're suffering and now you're out time and money because, you know, medicine and somebody says, hey, not in a not in no bad way, but like this could help. He made that change. I was so proud of him. And that is one reason I sit behind this microphone. It's one reason that I'm making a course is because if I can help you to make a change and to have a lifelong health difference, oh, that's, that's the goal. We want to have better health. We want to have better energy. And you know what? We want to leave a legacy of health because <laughs> there's, this, there's this thing called genetics, you know about genetics. You know, people ask about your breast cancer risk and immediately you probably think, well, did my mom or my maternal grandma have breast cancer? If so, that increases my chance. That's genetics. But do you know what is also passed down? Our habits of health. How we eat, how we move, how we rest, 
how we um, live in our environment our actual house environment. If we like, you know, smelly things, do you have a lot of Glade plugins or other smelly things? Chances are your kids will too. You know, that's just a toxin. You know, what kind of soap and shampoo do you use? Those things, they're not going to buy the exact same brand, but they're probably going to go with the familiar. So if you are constantly making choices in your life to improve your health, you will leave a legacy of health because your kids are going to duplicate a lot of that. If they are used to eating fast food five times a week, what do you think they're going to do when they grow up and leave the house? They are probably going to continue to have fast food. If you have a, an environment of, like I said, like lots of chemicals in the shower, you know, lots of smelly soaps, and then you use a lot of um, personal care products that have toxins like parabens and phthalates and things, things I mentioned in episode 32 when I was talking about spring cleaning. But if you're constantly, you know, surrounding your kids with that and just making it feel normal, then what do you think they're going to look for when they're out on their own and they're stocking their own shower or their own medicine cabinet, their own personal care stuff? Probably things that are familiar, things that have a lot of, you know, marketing, (laughs) smelly things. I think that's my biggest complaint is smelly things. My husband does most of our shopping, which I absolutely love, and he grabs some cat litter, and it, you know, you just go grab some cat litter, <laughs> and it's scented. And I'm like, oh my goodness, I cannot handle it. And he didn't do it on purpose. He just grabbed a cat litter. Like, no big deal, right? It's cat litter. But it's scented, and so every time I walk there, I know, like, I don't smell a good smell. Somebody else might smell a good smell. What I smell is chemical toxins. Like I walk through there and that is what my brain is like little alarms, like chemical toxins. And I unconsciously hold my breath and walk out. So the cat litter is now outside. But that's something that you are, you're giving to your kids and they don't even know it. You don't even know it. Well, you might not. Now you do, right? But your health habits are passed down just like your genetics are passed down. Health habits can be changed. Genetics also can, uh, you can turn them on and off. That's nutrigenomics. Super, super cool. And head back to episode 15 is when my friend Sarah Harding explained how you can turn those on and off. It's an episode all about genetics. So there's a lot of things we can pass down to our kids. But my point that I started out with is if we don't know something's going on, we don't necessarily make the changes to fix it. So if you feel like it is normal for your body to be so utterly exhausted, if you feel like it's normal to start gaining weight once you hit your 30s or 40s, if you feel like it's normal to feel depression, if you feel like it's normal to have gut problems and skin problems, then you're probably not going to do more than maybe just look for symptom relief. Because after all, it's normal. But those things are not normal. They are common. And one of my goals is to make it so that more and more women discover that it doesn't have to be that way. 
and not only discover that it doesn't have to be that way, they don't have to feel exhausted and struggling with their weight and struggling with their um, mental health. I mean, obviously, there's a lot of things that go into each one of those, especially mental health. But there are so many links between your thyroid and your mental health. So many links. We've talked about it before. But that's one thing that is supposed to be standard of care. If somebody has depression, they are supposed to have a thyroid screening because a lot of times it is hypothyroid that causes the depression. So if you fix the thyroid, then obviously if that was causing the depression, then the mental health is going to improve. There's a lot of things that we can improve if only we know that there's something to be done. And that is my goal. So would you do me a favor and help get this message out? Share this podcast with your friend, leave a rating and review, and let me know if you are willing to be part of my quick interviews. I'm thinking 10, 20 minutes of asking you questions so that I can really narrow down this course and make it the best possible experience. You're going to have to uh, send me an email if you want to be in that focus group. Just hit reply on any of the emails. I usually send them out on Saturday mornings. Just hit reply and say focus group. And don't feel bad about like, not writing a whole paragraph or anything. It's okay. I'm telling you right now, just hit reply and write focus group. And I will let you know when we can chat. Thank you for joining me on today's episode of health with Hashimoto's. I will see you next week. This podcast is for informational and educational purposes only. Please be sure to discuss any concerns and plans with your trusted healthcare professional.